Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Friday of the 31st week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, by whose gift your faithful offer you right and praiseworthy service. Grant, we pray, that we may hasten without stumbling to receive the things you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. My brothers, Be united in following my rule of life. Take as your models everybody who is already doing this and study them as you used to study us. I have told you often, and I repeat it today with tears, there are many of you who are behaving as the enemies of the cross of Christ. They are destined to be lost. They make foods into their God, and they are proudest of something they ought to think shameful. The things they think important are earthly things. For us, our homeland is in heaven, and from heaven comes the Saviour we are waiting for, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He will transfigure these wretched bodies of ours into copies of His glorious body. He will do that by the same power with which He can subdue the whole universe. So then, my brothers and dear friends, do not give way, but remain faithful in the Lord. I miss you very much, dear friends. You are my joy and my crown. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced when I heard them say, Let us go to God's house. And now our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Jerusalem is built as a city, strongly compact. It is there that the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. For Israel's law it is, there to praise the Lord's name. There were set the thrones of judgment of the house of David. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Whoever keeps the word of Christ, 
grows perfect in the love of God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, There was a rich man, and he had a steward denounced to him for being wasteful with his property. He called for the man and said, What is this I hear about you? Draw me up an account of your stewardship, because you are not to be my steward any longer. Then the steward said to himself, Now that my master is taking the stewardship from me, what am I to do? Dig? I'm not strong enough. Go begging? I should be too ashamed. Ah, I know what I will do to make sure that when I'm dismissed from office, there will be some to welcome me into their homes. Then he called his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? One hundred measures of oil, was the reply. The steward said, Here, take your bond, sit down straight away, and write fifty. To another he said, And you, sir, how much do you owe? One hundred measures of wheat, was the reply. The steward said, Here, take your bond and write eighty. The master praised the dishonest steward for his astuteness. For the children of this world are more astute in dealing with their own kind than are the children of light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there's no question that this is perhaps the most difficult parable of Jesus to understand. The praise that he heaps on this unjust steward is, I mean, it's pretty surprising, isn't it? I mean, wouldn't you expect Jesus to sort of chastise the actions of such a a devious servant? And yet there's something that he admires in this rather sly employee. There's some lesson to be learnt by his dishonesty. So what is it about this man that Jesus points to as an example for us to imitate? I mean, surely it's not his dishonesty. So let's have a look. Right at the very start, the rich man makes a pretty critical mistake. He dismisses his servant for being wasteful and then gives him the sack. But the mistake is that he doesn't march him straight out of his household, but gives him a night to play with the books. The servant sees the danger and the desperation of his situation. He's about to lose his job and he figures, well, if he is able to implicate his master's debtors in his crime, then he'll be able to blackmail them for money later. So you can imagine what's running through the steward's head. Look, if this person owes 100 measures of oil and the sum is written down to 50, then I'll be able to blackmail this person for some of the discount. Otherwise, I'll go to my former master and point out the accounting, you know, mistake. And you'll be back to full price, pal. Take the discount and give me a cut and we'll both be better off. Now, the servant in the parable doesn't get away with this, right? The master finds out about the scheme. But where you'd expect the rich man to blow his stack, the master praises the dishonoured steward for his astuteness. What makes this dishonest steward so cunning is the fact that he's able to recognise from the very moment that he was dismissed from the service of the master that he was in great danger. Now, I suppose we can all relate to the great threat that comes from being unemployed, but I suppose in the time of Christ, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. You know, there's no social network to pick up the slack, so 
The servant really is in great peril and knows it. The astuteness which the master praises is evident in the fact that, you know, in the face of the threat to his livelihood, this bloke jumps into action. Now, bear in mind, the action's an immoral one, but the astuteness of the servant is to recognise the threat and to be quick to neutralise the threat. So, what does Jesus make of all this? He says, The children of this world are more astute in dealing with their own kind than are the children of light. There's a certain astuteness that the children of this world have that the children of light lack. When the welfare and well-being of the children of this world is threatened, they jump into action. They're not content to adopt a wait-and-see mentality. No, they take decisive action. The astuteness of the children of this world is that they have the ability to diagnose a threat and deal with it. Maybe not in a, you know, good way, but gee, they're onto it. The steward didn't rock from one foot to another, you know, kind of umming and ahhing about whether he should do something. So in the face of this example, how ought the children of light behave? Well, the principal concern of the children of light is the kingdom of light. The principal interest of the children of light is their communion with God. And so here's the observation that Jesus makes. The children of light, they're not as astute in recognising and neutralising threats to the spiritual life as the children of this world are astute in recognising and neutralising threats to their earthly well-being. We can see the kind of lengths that the unjust steward will go to in order to secure his well-being. But what lengths are the children of light willing to go to in order to protect their spiritual life, their relationship with God? The skill of the steward is to know when he's in a perilous situation and he's not content to remain in danger. And I think this might be what Jesus is putting forward as the example for us to follow. Be as cunning about spiritual matters as the unjust steward was cunning about worldly matters. We need to be clever enough to recognise the spiritually dangerous conditions and we should be clever enough to employ those spiritual means to make sure that the threat is neutralised. Jesus says the children of this world are more astute in dealing with their own kind than are the children of light. It almost sounds like a lament. Like it comes with a sigh. Oh my gosh. If only my spiritual children would take their spiritual welfare as seriously as a worldly person sees and acts on threats to their worldly welfare. Well, I suppose if we're brutally honest with ourselves, most of us would probably find that we're not too urgent in our attitudes to the spiritual life. We might not feel any terrific peril concerning our relationship with our Heavenly Father. I do pretty well. Better than most. Surely God can content himself with that. Well, that sort of attitude leads to a a tacit approval of sin. And sometimes I can end up in a bit of a secretive pattern of sinfulness that leads me further away from God and snuffs out my own spiritual sensitivity. I can make a truce with those little habits that imperil my spiritual life. You know, those hours of lazy TV watching that come at the expense of prayer or at the expense of quality time with my spouse or family. 
I can be content to allow my interior addictions to the internet coexist with the exterior profession of faith. How easy it is to stop struggling to curb my tongue and simply resign myself to the fact that gossip's just a part of who I am. Sinful humanity has a real art for compartmentalising different aspects of life so that the hypocrisy doesn't become too apparent, especially to ourselves. And the contradictions within our lives, they don't then challenge each other. The astuteness of the unjust steward is that he's able to recognise the threat that is made to his life and livelihood, and he springs into action to make sure that he's not undone by the threat. And the master's curiously impressed by these efforts. You're a devil, but well done, mate. But it's this that the children of light need to imitate. We first need to recognise that it may be our spiritual lives that are in danger. And that this is an urgent situation. There's no time to waste. Those bad habits to which I've resigned myself are actually taking me away from God. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that none of us is perfect. But have we actually signed a truce within ourselves that gives permission for evil to exist within us unimpeded? Well, if so, then I need some astuteness to recognise this within myself and to take some action. My laziness needs to be enlivened by diligence. My greed needs to be moderated by generosity. My anger needs to be tempered by gentleness. My lust needs to be transformed into love that seeks the good of others more than the gratification of myself. My envy needs to turn into admiration. My overindulgence needs to turn into temperance. If sin really starts to bite so that it becomes a habit against which I no longer struggle, then you can bet that personal prayer and meditation is probably long left behind. And the savouring joy of prayer is probably a distant memory. The trouble is if we've reached the point where we don't care about that anymore. But the astute child of light is the one who's forever making sure that there's no threat that would cause him or her to love God with anything less than heart, mind, soul and strength, and his neighbour as himself. The astute child of light isn't perfect. But the astute child of light doesn't stop fighting and doesn't make truces with darkness. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things 
and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Thank you.